You're listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. All right. Those are all the commercials. There's probably some more stuff in your programs. Check it out. And uh, that's all I'm doing for today. So we're going to continue with our Jesus at the Center series. Uh, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 7. It'll be uh, page 787 in your soft cover Bibles that are in the seats. Again, if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take one. Uh, we'd love to give you one. If you don't have a journal um, that looks like this, nice Jesus-centered journal like Nick's here, um, we're available for you. We have, we're giving away journals uh, until they run out. So they're on the back table. Please feel free to take one. You're not stealing, right? It's like SpongeBob. You're trying to steal a balloon on Free Balloon Day. You did not steal it. We gave it to you. Okay. You can have a journal. Please take it. They're for you. And uh, we'd love to put that in your hands and help you have a resource to interact with your Bible reading as you're doing that. Um, speaking of medical things, I just want to go back into that for a minute. I made an appointment this week for a, uh, for a physical in a couple of weeks. I've got to go for a physical. I'm, I'm taking a trip. I'm actually... Uh, I'm heading somewhere and uh, I need to get some things in order. I was like, all right, let me just get a, I should get a physical. Um, just routine checkup. And uh, I hate going to the doctor. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know if you like going to the doctor. I personally do not. Um, rather, you just punch me in the face. Right? I just don't. Mm-mm. So the nurse asked, how long has it been since your last physical? I could not answer. I do not know. Don't you have records of these things? Like, I don't know. Like, don't, don't, don't the chart tell you? I have no idea. I've had several doctors through the years. I don't know about you. But, you know, I've, got, I've gone through, a, you know, just you know, as insurance changes, you've got to switch doctors. Or you go through moves and you switch doctors. And there's something about having a doctor you trust. It's like a big deal. Like, you don't want to lose a doctor, right? I've had doctors that are young. I've had doctors that are old. I've had males, females. I've had, you know, some that are nice, some that are not. I've had some that are patient, right, with the patients. I've had some that, you know, it's like, I think they're in NASCAR, right? They run in. Hey, you need anything? Okay, I'm good. I'll see you later. I'm like, seriously, just stop it. Like, look at me. Do you even know? Like, I've got a growth on my head. I don't know. Like, look at me. Do something. Um, you know, I just, I've had all sorts of doctors and have had uh, just a variety of care. And you probably have the same. The older you are, the more you've experienced doctors. And you get good ones and bad ones. And you begin to appre- appreciate them. Um, so the question first is, 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 do you trust your doctor? I don't know. Like, think about your personal doctor if you have a doctor, right? Like a general practice. Is there? Do you trust your doctor? You know, where do you, where do you go when you need medical? Do you go to the doctor? Or do you go to Google? Is Google your doctor, right? WebMD, you're your own doctor, right? I don't trust my doctor. Let me tell you, I'm going to do my own research. Some of you, you know, that's you. You don't trust this. That's because they have, you know, 18 years of education behind their name. No, no, no. You saw on Google. That it said, right? And so we, we, we become our own doctors. Some of you have a friend that's your doctor. You know, you know if something's going on, you're going to call so-and-so because they really know, you know somebody that you trust. Um, when we're sick, we look to people or things or doctors, some, somebody to help us, some remedy. Now, there's physical sick, but there's also other kinds of sick. We know that. All right, what do you do? Like, where do you go when you're... Mentally not well. Like when you get in a place and you go, you know, I'm just not in a good place right now. And you know it. 
But there's not necessarily, some of you go to a counselor, some of you go to a therapist and things like that, and that's good. Some of you don't afford that. Some of you, that's just uncomfortable for you. So you just don't go to anybody. Maybe you confide in a friend. I don't know. But, but who do you go to for healing on that? I mean, there's venting places, but what do you go when you're, when you're just not in a good place? Where do you go? And then relationally, if you're unwell, where do you go? Right? And then, like, emotionally, if things happen, major traumatic events happen in our life and loss in these things, what, where do we go for that? See, I think the reality is that most of us are undercared for. We've got sicknesses and things in our life that we just live with, right? Because I know, like, I just don't want to go to the doctor. So I just go, I just, I just let me, just as long as I can make it through a day. Listen, my back hurts and it's crippling, but I can, I can deal. So I don't feel like dealing with a doctor. Like, I'll just go or, you know, I've got this thing and it's concerning. But you know what? I'd rather just keep doing what I want to do and we live with it. And physically we do that, but then emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we've got all these things inside. And most of the time, we just don't even do anything about it. We might talk to somebody or vent a little bit, but we really don't get healthy. We don't get care. You ever get some, like, really bizarre medical advice? Like, somebody tells you something and you're going, "Mm." like, if you have a cough, rub onions on your feet. Has anybody ever heard this? Come on. I know. Am I the only one? Somebody actually said this. Does anybody? Okay. Some of you have heard this before. No. Yeah. Okay. Linda. Yeah. And I'm sure Linda's heard it all. Right. She's a nurse. Right. Like, seriously, it's a thing. Onions over uh, at night when you go to bed and socks. Like, hmm. Well, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. Okay. Somebody tried it. There you go. Um, you can get rid of warts with duct tape. Did you know that? That's that's another that's another one. Yeah, just if you have a wart, just put duct tape on it. If you'd like to walk around all day with silver tape, you know, and people are like, what are you doing? I, I, I saw it on Google. Just said, duct tape. And I mean, there was uh, so Jim and Robin are here. There was there was one of my favorite stories was Robin's father was a crazy man um, and he was he worked with trees and cutting down trees for a splund. Was it a splund that he worked for? Asplund. That's that's Asplund. And he would, I mean, we call it, I mean, he had chainsaws like hanging everywhere. He was like the toughest guy I've ever met. He was amazing. But he would get poison ivy. And I remember hearing the story that he heard that if you ate it, you would get immune to it. And I remember thinking, you know what? Like, I'm going to get poison ivy just from making this slide. Like, just looking at it, I get it. Anybody else? Like, I hate it. I can, I can feel it on my arm. Like, oh, like, I would get a flamethrower out and burn down an entire block if I saw poison ivy. Like, I hate it. Right? Eat it? He did, didn't he? And did he ever get poison ivy again? No, he didn't. I'm telling you, absolutely crazy. And I'm like, you know what? Good for him. There's just part of me that's going, I don't think I can, you know, listen, there's some things, you know, I I don't want more poison ivy, but I don't think I want to risk that. Like, there's just sometimes you get some some recommendations and remedy and you're going, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't really sound. It sounds a little bizarre. Today, I'm going to give you a little bit of spiritual advice. And honestly, up front, I'm sure it's going to sound bizarre. I'm just letting you know, I'm going to I'm going to share something about Jesus and healing. And it's going to sound a little you're going to go, OK, really, you're probably stretching it here. I don't think that that's actually going to work. Let me just tell you, 
It's up to you. I'm just going to share something with you today, and you've got a decision about whether you want to try the remedy or not. But here it is. And it goes like this. We've been talking about soap. We've been talking about these journals. If you don't know what soap is, if you're new here, that's, that's all okay. You don't have to. It doesn't make any sense. We're not talking about like, like Dove, right, or Irish Spring, whatever your soap of choice is, you know, for the young folks. Axe, right? I think Axe is cool for kids. I don't know. Um, it smells like a locker room to me. But um, soap. Soap is an acronym. S-O-A-P. S stands for scripture. That when you read every day, assuming that you read, we've got reading plans, you, you you say, okay, what day is today? And you read, and as you're reading, you pick out a scripture verse, and you write down one verse that stands out to you. If you don't know how to do this, Soaps by Dre, Pastor Dre's been doing them. It's been a great uh, opportunity to kind of grow in it. So Soaps, so you write down a scripture. Next, oh, observation. What do you notice about that? Why did that stand out to you? So you write it down in the journal, just like this, that we're giving you. You've got no excuse. Or we even give you pens. Um, and then A, application. Okay, here's the scripture. This is what I noticed. A, what am I going to do about that today? One simple little applicable thing that I can do today about that. Make it really, really intensely practical. And then P, finally, just prayer. I'm just going to pray about this. God, help me do what you asked me, what you prompted me to do today. It's a simple little acronym. So here's, here's, the, here's the remedy. Ready? That if you will spend time daily doing that, reading your Bible and doing soap, that you will find Jesus healing you all over the place. That you will actually be moving towards complete wholeness in every area of your life. That's really it. And you're going to go, come on, it's just a daily habit of reading the Bible. You're just trying to manipulate us into reading the Bible. Listen, I've got no skin in this game. Um, like it really, You can do what you want with your day. I don't, I'm not trying to convince you to do anything. But I'm telling you, there are broken places in you. And there are broken places in me that can only be healed by time in God's word. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to start with a story in Luke chapter 7. I'm going to pick it up in verse 2. Uh, it'll be on the screen. You can read along if you're there. Page 787. It says, At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. So when the officer heard about Jesus, this is a Roman guy, right? Not even Jewish, just a, a Roman a soldier. He's got a servant that's sick, but a very important servant to him. He hears about Jesus, knows that he's healing people. It says he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. They're like this guy, listen, this Roman soldier, he's a really good guy. So he's earned it. You should do good because he's so good. Next, verse 6, it says, So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. Like, I don't even, you, you, you don't even belong to come to my house. Verse 7, I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Now listen, just say it, and it's going to happen. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Verse 9. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, turning to the crowd that was following him. And he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And he concludes with verse 10. Yes? No? Okay, that's it. Yeah, verse 10. No, not up there. Okay, it says, when the officer's friends returned to the house, they found the slave completely healed. Okay. One phrase in this simple little story stood out to me, and it's this. Three words, and it's, say the 
word. Say the word. That's all he says. He says, listen, say the word and my servant is healed. It's not so much Jesus. You don't need to be here because you've got authority. All you've got to do is say the word. Say it and it's done. Just hit me very simply. There's healing power in the words of Jesus. In the words of Jesus. There's something about words and I'm talking about the text that you're reading. The, the, the text that's in your hands and that ink and paper. Yes, there's something. They're not normal words. The writer of Hebrews tells us that they are living and active words. Jesus himself said, the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. He echoed King Solomon who wrote, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. And later, gracious words are a honeycomb. Listen, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Words heal bones. Words heal soul, living, active. The words of God have the power to heal and they're alive. Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. And he said this about the power of words. He said, my child is talking to his son. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. See, all Jesus has to do is say the words. And healing happens. Because Jesus has the authority to heal. See, here's the thing. Every day that you read the Bible, you read words. And as you read the words that Jesus has said, you'll find healing for whatever sickens you. It's a daily dose of divine medicine. It heals your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit. Listen, there are some of you today that are in here and, and, and you feel right now that nobody truly loves you. You may be with somebody who may have been in a relationship for a long time. But nobody really loves you. That's what you feel. That's what you believe. I want to speak healing words to you right now. And it goes like this. God loves you so much that he gave his only son for you. Your father loves you and he calls you his child and that's what you are. Perhaps you're here and you feel alone, maybe unnoticed, abandoned. You could be in a crowd and you could feel invisible. I don't know if anybody feels like that today, but let me tell you, if I'm speaking to you, God loved you long before you were even born. God made all the delicate inner parts of your body. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are wonderfully complex. God's workmanship is marvelous. He watched you as you were being formed in utter seclusion. As you were woven together in the dark of the womb, God saw you before you were born. Our broken word world needs to hear the healing words that our value is not based on what benefit we bring to this world. You are not the sum total of what the world says you are, right? But it's the fact that God thought you were worth giving life to. There are no accidents. You are no mistake. Our society deems us worthwhile based on our IQ, based on our bank account, and based on our photograph. You are perfect because you're formed in the image of God. Not because of any of those other things. We've got a, we've got a scoreboard that tells us what we're worth. Let me tell you, that's sickness and brokenness in us. I need to tell you right now, He makes His home in your heart. He loves you so much, He's moving in. A message was kept secret for centuries and generations, but now it has been revealed to all of us and it goes like this. Christ lives in you. God wants you to know the riches and glory of Christ are for you. Hear these words, ready? I don't know if these are healing words, but I believe they are and it goes like this. How wide, how deep, how long, how high is His love for you? See, the love of God is too great to fully understand. 
It makes you complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The God who is able through his mighty power at work within you to accomplish infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. With God in you, you need nothing more to be something. Do you understand? We're just talking truth here. We're talking the words, right? You are already enough because God says you are. You can't add anything to your identity to make you more valuable. No matter what this world says, you are loved unconditionally. You can't earn his love. You can't lose his love. You know how I know this? Because he told me with the words. It goes like this. You don't lose his love when you die. You don't lose it when you're living. Angels can't take it away. Demons got nothing to take away the power of his love. Your fears for today, your worries about tomorrow can't change his love. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me just tell you, those are healing words. When you hear those things about how God loves you, it heals something. And when you read them, they get in you. And when they get in you, right, they heal you. There are times as a pastor that people come to me looking for healing. It's part of the job. It's part of the vocation. As I'm, they, look, they look because you work, you know, you represent God. And so people begin to say, okay, you know, they look to me for healing. Sometimes people look to you for healing. Somebody will come to you and be like, hey, um, you know, I need something. And you, you, you ever have that feeling when you're like, uh, listen, I'm just like you. I got problems. What are you looking to me for? Right? Like, and as I was preparing for this today, I came across this story and it jumped out at me. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. It says, One day Jesus called together his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It just hit me. Jesus sent them out to heal. Right? He didn't, Jesus didn't say, listen, I got this. You know, step back and watch me do my thing. He says, you go heal. He authorized people to heal. But the reason it hit me is not so much that Jesus sent them to heal. It's who he sent to heal. Think about the 12 people Jesus is talking to right about now. Okay? The list goes like this. Simon, Peter, or Simon, Peter, Andrew, they're brothers. They're both fishermen. Then uh, James and John, um, they're both fishermen. Yeah, four fishermen. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, we don't know a whole lot about them. Thomas, we know, is the guy who didn't believe Jesus, was actually resurrected from the dead. He was a doubter, right? Matthew's a tax collector. A guy named James, all we know is that he was the son of Alphaeus. Ah, oh, son of Alphaeus. Um, Thaddeus, Simon, who was a zealot, right? He was a, an activist. And Judas, who would later betray him. These are the people Jesus says, hey, go heal. So... And then he says to them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. He's not just like, hey, you know, try and, you know, fix some boo-boos. He's like going deep here. Heal the sick. What did these 12 know about healing? The same you know about healing. They know just as much as you and I know. They know nothing. They can tell you about fishing and, you know, the Mediterranean. But they don't know anything about healing. One of them... Didn't even know about God. <laughs> right? And according to Jesus, the qualifications for healing, for being a healer, they're like super low. Like, if you have the word of Jesus, that's enough. Really what it comes down to. Because the word that heals you also lives in you and makes you a healer for others. 
is never about us. We have authority to heal, but listen, I'm not the healer. That's God's job. I just get to open the door for a healer. So I'm now authorizing you all. Guess what? You are authorized dealers of healing. You want a sticker? I'll give you a sticker. You got a card carrying member of the healer club. You're in. You can speak the healing words of God. I want you to think about that. You can speak the healing words of God. You can speak things to people that exactly are what they need and heals them. See, because when you speak, it's when you read, it's actually not just for you. See, it's interesting that as you sit here and as you read, I should probably just keep this up here. As you're reading and as you're writing, the things that God is revealing to you is not just for you. See, God wants to heal you. He's going to speak things. You go, listen, I'm, I'm in a bad place today, God. And as you read, God's going to bring the word that's living and active and alive. And it's going to come in and it's going to heal your heart. It's going to heal your mind. It's going to heal your soul. And guess what? That actually heals your body, too. That's where we read that God is going to heal our bodies. Right? We find out all sorts of stuff. He brings his healing through his word. Just say the word. When you read, you're saying, okay, God, here's what I want you to do today. Say the words. Say the words. Speak healing. But as you are healed, then guess what? You're empowered to go offer that healing to other people. When God speaks to you, it's not just for you. It's the multiplication principle. What God gives to you is seed bears fruit in others. Proverbs tells us the tongue, the words that you say have the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. There are far too many who wake up every day believing that they need to somehow earn the approval of the world around us. Every single day people wake up and it's another test. Is my, am I going to be worthy today? Is, is the world going to find me worthy again today? It's a test. Did I pass? I'm trying to be impressive enough. And what happens when you live that way, when you're trying to constantly earn the approval of a world, you know what mistakes are? They're devastating. Because you failed the test. And so we've got a world that is, oh man, make a mistake, watch out. They will crucify you. And if your value is wrapped up in their approval, guess what? You're dying inside. You are broken. You are sick. But let me tell you, I've got some healing words. See, because the word of God tells me that I'm not who this world says I am. But there's a world that doesn't know it. So every time I hear the word of God, it's not just for me. It's also for me to now go share the healing. Our, word, our world needs to hear healing words like this. There's no condemnation. For those in Christ Jesus, there's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. When you were utterly helpless, Jesus came at just the right time and died for you. God showed his great love for you that while you were still in the middle of your mess, he loved you. The acceptance of God is not based on our success. Jesus stands up and says, hey, where's your accusers? Yeah, whoever's without sin, you throw the first stone. Where are the accusers? Huh? I don't hear you. Guess what? I don't hear them, so I don't condemn you either. Just go and sin no more. It's what the Word tells us. Healing words of God. And you know this, but you don't always have to say the words. Sometimes you can just show the words. That's why the application part of soap is so important. When you're sitting there and you go, application, what am I going to do today about this? It's one thing for us to be, hey, everybody likes to, to say things. It's very easy to, to type in a few little words or, you know, throw a bumper sticker on our car and say, I said the words but not live in a way that actually makes anybody want to believe you. It's one thing to say, I'm a Christian, I follow Christ. It's another thing to live it. 
Say the words, yes, but can you walk the talk? That's why that application piece, what are you going to do today to show the words? God, say the words to me. Help me say the words to others. But there are times when I just need to show the words. What will you do to respond to the healing words you just read? Every night at dinner in our house, um, we ask this one question around our table, and it just goes really simply, how was your day? Tell me about your day. And the kids go, good. Tell me about your day. Tell me more. What do you do? And inevitably, we get like zero on everything else, but we get a full discourse on gym class. Well, in gym, that's the only thing that they tell me about. So in gym, we we played um, fickleball. Not pickleball. Pickleball, right? Am I right? It's a thing. I don't even know what it is. It's some variation of pickleball. And if you didn't know pickleball was a thing, it's a thing too. But they play, it's like pickleball with four square and a wiffle ball, I think, is what I got from it. Something like that. Yes, their kids are nodding. Okay. So we get these detailed things about gym class, right? And who their partner was. And it wasn't fair, but I made this awesome move and they didn't get me out. And, you know, there's just this whole big thing. I love gym class. Anybody love I me mean, favorite class growing up, really? I mean, come on. Gym class was the best, right? I lived for gym. That was it. Um, and what was the best game of all time in gym class? Dodgeball. Come on, dodgeball. Everybody knows it was dodgeball. Absolutely. The chance to nail somebody in the face, right? You just, you're just, you're going to show off my athletic prowess. I'm going to play dodgeball. For those of you who hated gym class, this was the bane of your existence, Okay, I hate dodgeball. You couldn't escape. They were, you couldn't just stand there. They were going to throw it at you until you got out. So what you typically did if you didn't want to play was you would just turn around and stand there like this. Let them hit you and then you could just walk off. You, were, you just weren't interested. You weren't interested. Right. We, we know the strategies. Now, there was a variation of dodgeball. That was, I mean, really like next level. Does anybody remember Dr. Dodgeball? Anybody? Dr. Dodgeball. Nobody played this game. All right, we got, all right, we got, we got, all right, Dr. Dodgeball. So basically, there was somebody on each team that was the doctor. And so as you're playing dodgeball, and if you got out, you didn't leave the floor, you just sat down. But the doctor on your team could run up, and if they touched you, you're back in the game. Oh, it was like a game changer. Like, no longer was the most powerful person the best thrower or the best dodger, you know, the person that was like the acrobat that was like doing flips everywhere and throwing. No, now the most powerful person was the doctor. But the worst, most tragic thing that could happen was if the doctor got hit. Because if the doctor got hit, they were done. And your hope of being restored to the game, you would never play dodgeball ever again. At least until the game restarted in like seven minutes. Right? But that was like, oh no, the doctor. So everything was about the doctor. The best part was if like your friend was the doctor. Because they'd always be like looking for you. And every time you get hit, they'd come and get you. And if there was somebody you didn't know, you could be sitting there for like ten minutes. And they would like not pay attention. You'd be like, hey, I'm over here. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to you. Because they didn't know you. Like the doctor was everything. Every time... God speaks to you and heals you. You get to be the doctor. There's a world out there of people that are out of the game. 
because of things that have happened to them, because of life, and they're sick, and they're broken. But God's got a solution. But you know, it's funny because Jesus doesn't say, I got it. He says, hey, you know, I'm going to send you. Yeah, but God, come on. I'm a fisherman. I'm a tax collector. I doubt all this stuff. No, no, I'm going to send you. I'm going to authorize you. I'm going to stamp you with the words. I'm going to send you out to heal people. I don't know what you call it. But in your own words, think, what do do you call a doctor who says, you know what, I've got these words, but I don't feel like helping anybody else. I don't want to give that away. I don't want to go help. I got a cure, but I'm just going to keep it in my pocket. What do you call that? See, there's a world out there that needs us. So, I tell you, when we do soap, this isn't just like a nice little thing to help us grow closer to Jesus every day. This is it. This is ground zero for the Christian life. Because I need to hear the words because I need healing in my own life. I need God to speak things to me. And some of you know exactly right now that you've got places of brokenness. But the cool thing is you don't have to be fully healed in order to be a healer. While you're in your brokenness, I'm in the process of being healed. I remember this. I'm going to close with this. And who's coming up? Nate, if you can come on up and just play. My sister used to She's, she's got some physical challenges in her own life and uh, has a, a syndrome that she's dealt with since she was a kid. And uh, we used to pray all the time, God, would you heal her? God, would you heal her? God, would you heal her? Come on, it's an awesome little girl. Why wouldn't you heal my sister? So she would pray, and she would be at CHOP, you know, Children's Hospital in Philly for lots of times, and she was wearing, like, she had some issues with scoliosis and all this kind of stuff. Remember, we prayed. God, why aren't you? And, and, and there was this moment, I think I was maybe in college when she came to this. She was probably like 13 or 14. I remember she, my mom relayed the story that she came home and said, you know, I've been sitting here praying, how cool would it be, God, if you, if you heal me? I could go around to all these other kids in this ward and tell them, hey, listen, I used to be like you, but listen, God can heal you and now you can be like me and you can be healthy. So I used to pray, God, why don't you do that? She's like, but now I think maybe, maybe the better story is Hey, I'm just like you. I'm sick too. But God is helping me get through this. Maybe it's more powerful for me to walk around and walk with other people through the sickness. See, we get so focused on healing physically. You know what, God? I don't even want to ask that we just don't engage and we give up completely on the healing thing. I don't understand how God works with healing. I don't. It's a mystery. If you've got the corner on it, write a book, please, because the rest of us are waiting. But I do know that healing is God's idea. He tells us that He wants to heal, that He can heal. We know that He does. Listen, He didn't get poison ivy ever again, right? Like God can heal. There are stories of miracles. There's all sorts of different types of healing. Like we focus on one kind, but listen, there's there's the miraculous healing, and there's the you know there's the unexplainable. I don't understand it, but then there's the explainable healing, right? But they're both healing. The difference is time. Some are instantaneous, some are gradual. Some are outward, some are inward. Right? So we just set our minds on God. Where's the miraculous, the instantaneous, and the visible? 
sometimes some of the best healing God does is on the inside. Listen, you can, you can fix a broken arm and still have a broken person. God says, no, I want to fix you, who you are on the inside. That's what I want to do. What would your family look like? The healing power of Jesus was released. How would life be different if your marriage, the healing hand of God, showed up? What if God used you to bring healing to your children and to your grandchildren? What if the healing power of God was released in your school, in the hallways? If every hurting kid found love, acceptance, and forgiveness? every child experienced the miracle of healing power. See, healing is God's idea. It's not our hope that God will heal. He said, I'm going to do it. He wants to heal more than we want people healed. And he's sending us. He says, listen, all authority. Just say the word. Show the word. I want to pray this morning and I want to challenge you as, as we pray. You just sit there and say, God, how can you use me to heal? God, how can you use us to heal today? Well, there are areas of brokenness in us, and we can get so focused on ourselves and say, I can't heal somebody else until I'm fixed. But God, that's not how you work. You, you just speak to all of us, and out of the overflow of what you're doing in our life, Lord, you heal others. And I don't want to miss out being an agent of healing because I'm waiting to the point that I'm perfect. But I'm not going to be whole until the day I die. That's the day when everything gets made right in me. So as long as I'm here, God, please use me as an agent of healing. Lord, help us to develop the daily discipline. Go into your word of finding the medicine of life that brings healing for all of us. Lord, help us to recognize those times when you speak what it is that we need to hear. And those times when we need to share the words that you've put inside us for other people. Lord, your word says this. We pray, Lord, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be, not, be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, it's not about us. It's about you in us. You have authorized us. Help us to be healers. We welcome you to do that. In your name. Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at wearelifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at wearelifetree.